Hello and welcome to the Story Not Forgotten podcast. We are brought to you by Capturing Legacies, because everybody has a story to tell, and it's time to tell yours. Visit CapturingLegacies.com to get started. My name is Liam Rathgaber, partner and anthologist with Capturing Legacies, as well as your host, and joining me today is another friend of mine from the Kootenai Rat Raid Triumph Rally, somebody that I met you 10 years ago almost exactly, and I believe I first spoke to you about five years ago almost exactly. <laughs> uh, she is a multi-denominational artist, or multi-disciplined artist, yes. hailing from the great state of Montana, Miss Gina Marill Olson. I practiced that because I kept saying Orson for some reason. You got all of it. You got even the hyphens. I did. People usually leave that out. <laughs> Well, Gina, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. And because we do what we do without any ado, why don't you tell us a story? So um, I want to tell you about the first time that I went to Bonneville. Um, I've been racing at uh, the Bonneville Salt Flats. I think this year will be the seventh time I've gone. And the first time that I went was uh, in 2012. And I actually started going by my husband, Mordo, mm -hmm. who I think you've talked to before. He was from the episode, The Man They Call Mordo. Yes. Um, he had been on a, uh, a streamliner team for a couple years, and he'd been going down being a team member, helping with whatever. And um, now just for, for anyone that doesn't know, the streamliners are... Uh, those are racing motorcycles that are built and basically encapsulated within a, uh, a solid body in order to be as slippery in the air as possible. Yes. They, they look almost like a rocket ship, only they're going horizontally instead of vertically. Mm -hmm. And um, so he was about to go on one of his trips down there, and I, he'd been telling me these stories for years, and I, I remember talking to him on the phone, and I said, you know do you think I could do this? Do you think I could do the run what you brung? And he said, um, yes, you can. And yes, you should. And yes, I want you to. <laughs> and, but it's not going to be this year. We don't have enough time. So it was already planned at that point. At that point after that, it was like, yeah, no, you're going, you're going to do this. <laughs> and um, so we go down there. And I go through the, the whole process of scrutineering, which is um, getting your bike inspected. Yep. And we, and I didn't, it, I guess I didn't even realize at that point that I was the first one amongst all of us to go out and do that, that he hadn't even done that yet. And uh, he hadn't done which part of it? He had not gone and. He had worked behind the scenes. He hadn't actually ridden a bike on the line. Oh, so you were the, the, I first, was the, first, the first monkey one. to run. I was the first one. And so we didn't know that you could go, you could have these support people with you. So it was, we had two other friends that, that were going to do Run What You Brung also. And we went out there by ourselves and we kind of went through this process of waiting. And uh, you go through... Uh, pre-staging and then you go to staging and it can be hours and you're waiting in the sun <laughs> and uh, one of the things that, that I've kind of figured out is that that uh, blessed is he who holds the umbrella 
Well, yeah, because there's no shade. You're on a there's no shade you're on at an all. Empty salt flat. It is a dried up lake bed. Yeah, in, it is in Utah in the summer. Yes, it is flat. <laughs> it is flat and it is hot and it is white and. Well, and with the white from the salt, you're you're going to get a lot of heat reflecting back up at you. Yes. So it's I, I've I've never been. It's a bucket list thing for me to to hook up with you guys in Missoula and head down there one of these years. But I've heard that it's it just bakes you down there. Yes. Don't wear shorts. <laughs> um. So the 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 interesting part about this story was that that. You know, I had two friends with us, but I didn't. Essentially, my support people were all back at at um, our pits, and uh, so you're kind of having to in a newbie and being guided on what is going to happen to you. And I and I kind of was very nervous, and I began to notice things about people, and we had uh, the steward who was going to kind of flag us. And he reminded me of the character Anton Suger from Old No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of began to creep me out. I mean, and he's, he's a lovely, lovely man. The, but he was um, Israeli, that I came to find out later. And, um, and he looked like him. And then, so of course, because he's from another country, he speaks with a little bit of an accent. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, they had put me in the middle. One friend had gone first, and then I was going. And he uh, is telling me everything that is going to happen. You know, you're going to go out, go up, turn out, um, and just kind of go as fast as you can. Pay attention to the flags. You'll know when you get to the end. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're going to have a wonderful time. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and I didn't realize this at the time, but my suit, it had a, a, a snap collar at the collar. And it was undone. And so he reaches up and he snaps the collar and it was just this moment of... It's kind of a finalizing moment. <laughs> this finalizing moment. And it was almost like, you know, the movie where it's like, oh, no, here's the pinger coming next. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so I, I... Which that is the biggest part of, of this story. But then you take off and, and uh, it's basically like looking down a runway on an airplane, mm-hmm. you know. And you have flags about every quarter of a mile, half mile, the, but big ones hitting the, the markers so that you know where you're at. And, um, you know, you figure out that uh, if you're going 60 miles an hour, it's going to take you a minute to do a mile. Mm-hmm. So if you double that speed and you're going 120, it's going to be 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And that is the, the weird part because you're, you're coming up to speed and you ideally have your speed by the time you reach the measured mile. Yep. And for run what you brung, you get one mile to get to your speed and then you have to hold it for a mile. And so I, I figured this out in my head how long that that took, that it was really maybe a minute and a half total 
And, and when, when and, you're at speed like that, do you really have time to to think about it and count it out in your head? Does everything just sort of go into slow motion? It goes into slow motion. That and that's kind of the biggest point of the story is that you're. It is the slowest minute and a half <laughs> I think I have ever in my life, and you you want to pay attention to ahead of you because it's really easy to get distracted and you'll you'll drift. Mm-hmm. But you also, at the same time, become acutely aware of everything, you know, as you're passing the pits, because you can see the pits on your on your left-hand side, mm-hmm. and you're passing everybody, and you have actually no sense, really, that you're going fast, other than that you're looking at your, your speedometer. Mm-hmm. And then you pass the big flags that that uh, with the checkered flags that tell you that you've you've passed, and you slow down at your own point. You don't want to put on the brakes. You just let the bike slow down on its own. And then when you feel safe, you pull off to the left and you go to the pits. Mm-hmm. And you have this period of time where you don't know, you have no idea how fast you've gone. Because it feels super fast and it feels super slow at the same time. Yes. So when you're doing one of these top speed runs, what's the so what's the scariest part of it? Is it getting up to speed? Is it slowing back down? Is it uh, imperfections in the sand because I've or in the salt because I've heard it can be a, a little bit greasy from time to time. It's kind of all of the above. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think the biggest is like I'm going to do something wrong, and I think it's going to slow me down. Mm. So it's not thinking I'm going to crash; it's thinking I'm going to it's going to slow me down. Yeah, I'm I'm going to miss a gear. I'm mm-hmm. and and you hear stories about people doing that, missing a gear and going through in third or something like that, or mm-hmm. or trying to find whatever their top gear is, and you know they're already in it and they don't know it, and so they go to Try to shift and you lose a little bit of power when you clutch? Yeah. So how many times have you run it? Uh, let's see. It's It's been probably about a dozen times now. Because mm-hmm. you can, with Run What You Run, you get the two runs and then you can buy an extra. And so most of the time you're only going to get two in because just the whole process just takes so long. Yeah. And... But then there'll be other years, good years, where you get many, you can get multiple ones. And so there was one year where I just lapped it. And I did seven runs in one event. Mm-hmm. So. And run what you brung is exactly what it sounds like. Yes. As, as long as the bike is, uh, is up to spec and to, to be certified to run, you can run essentially anything. Yes. So I know, and- I know Mordo is run some interesting things down there. Are you usually on the... Uh... I've only done the one... I've, I've ridden my um, 2002 uh, Triumph Bonneville, mm-hmm. and that's the only bike that I've ever run, and my top speed on that is uh, 121.413, <laughs> 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 which you don't think of the, the decimal points as being a big deal, but it is to all the racers. We're, we're immensely proud of those little sections. Well, little, and- and for our Canadian listeners, that's 200 kilometers an hour. That's yeah. That is respectable. On on a a 900 cc standard sort of the, the bike the the sort of bike that hipsters buy to ride around town. Yeah. But uh, in the right hands, it's a very very capable machine. 
And this is actually the second episode of this podcast to feature a, a woman going much faster than I ever would on a, on a Bonneville down at Bonneville. So congrats to you. I mean, that's, that's a fantastic speed. You get your coin for that? I did. I got a coin. <laughs> and the other part about Run What You Brung is you only get... You're just going for a timing slip. You have no chance of a record. If you're going to do a record, you go through a different scrutineering and pay a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, it's a different license as well, isn't it? It's it's not really a license. It's just just your what you're aiming at, what you're applying mm-hmm. for. And and I never have on that bike because I I know that it would never ever make a record. The way that the classes go, it goes by more the size of your bike rather than any of these other criteria. So the woman that hold, which actually, and this is the interesting part is it's a woman who holds the record that my bike would fit under. Mm-hmm. And, um, her record is well over 200 miles an hour. And I, I think she rides a BMW. Oh, so she'd be on a, a similar displacement super sport. Yeah. Whereas yours is a standard. It's more geared for mid range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her name is Erin uh, Hunter Sills. She's pretty awesome. Also, she's fast. Well, and it's not a boys' club anymore down there. It no, used it's to just not. Be, if the women were there, it's because their husbands were ru- were running. Yeah. And now, uh, from what I understand from hearing fr- uh, from you and from uh, from Leanne, that it's a very open community, and they, if you're there to run, you get the same respect regardless of where, who you are, where you're coming from, or anything like that. Yeah, you are considered equal when you are on that motorcycle mm-hmm. that that there is no difference there's no women's section and men's section that that that's the, the motorcycle is the equalizer well yeah and it's one of it's one of the sports where gender makes zero difference yeah because i mean you're on the same machine it's just a matter of having having the the skill to do it and the guts to do it and that's not something that uh, that makes any difference on one side or the other now you're also an artist Yes, and a fantastic artist. Uh, I've seen. Well, I, I follow your Instagram, and that we'll get a we'll get a link to your Instagram up in the liner notes. Uh, I've seen your your tattoo art. I've seen your your art on paper. I love these sort of vintage uh, line drawings that you've been doing lately, and uh, your work on the on the motorcycles. So, what's your favorite sort of art to do? Um, Put you on the spot with that. Yeah, one. that is putting me on the spot. <laughs> I would say whatever is in front of me at the moment. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not kind of, uh, the need to be creative is kind of far more important than what I'm, what I'm using. Mm-hmm. I, I have like 10 years of art school. I, I draw mostly now because it's portable and easy to deal with. You uh, just need a pencil and paper. Yeah. But I'm trained in metal smithing. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. So I, I like to do kind of more found object sculptural but it that's just not convenient for my life at the moment well if people want to know more about uh, about your artwork where can they find that well i have a an instagram that's uh flying girl designs and then probably my personal one which is miss sprite and that's m-i-s-s-s-p R-Y-A-T. And is there anywhere that people can find out more about uh, you guys running on the salt? So you would want to look up Fez Monkeys Racing. That would be on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And that's Fez like the uh, like the hat that Doctor Who wore and a monkey like a monkey. 
Yes. <laughs> and the Fez Monkeys are, are a great group. Uh, there's been a few of them on this podcast over the years, and there's one hosting the podcast, so there's, yes. there's a little bit of Fez Monkey representation throughout. We're a little biased. We're a little yeah, with each a, other. It's a, it's, a, it's a special group. <laughs> well, Gina, thank you so much for taking the time, uh, taking a few minutes away from the rally and, uh, and everyone that you want to see here. And thank everyone out there for listening and for inviting us into your ears once again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have. If you did, make sure to head over to iTunes, the Google Play Store, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. While you're there, we would absolutely love it if you would leave us a rating or a review. The more of those we have, the higher we appear in search results, allowing us to find more guests and bring more stories to more of you. If you have a story that you'd like to feature on the show, drop me a line at liam at capturinglegacies.com and we will get together and uh, get you recorded. Until next time, remember, everybody has a story.